0: Hello, and welcome to Human Is My Label. This is your host, Emily Curry. I am a wife, a mother, a daughter, a sibling, and a former athlete. I work full-time. I am the founder of Rapid, a nonprofit organization, and I'm legally blind. I am so excited about opening the conversation about everything equity. We will primarily be talking about disability, as that is my lived experience, and it is often the minority left out of the equity conversation. I am passionate about equity for all identities, as I have family members from the communities of color, LGBTQIA, disabilities, and we span all ages. It is my goal to normalize these conversations, get people comfortable with the uncomfortable, and include everyone. After all, we are all human. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Human Who's My Label. This is your host, Emily Purry, and I am excited to be here today with Carrie Shaw, who I was introduced through one of my networking friends. And so I'm excited to have them on here today. Carrie, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Of course, of course. So why don't you tell the listeners um, first about your identity, how you identify, and then a little bit about your uh, personal and professional
1: past history. All my identities, huh? (laughs) Um, So my name is Carrie. I identify as Chinese American, gay, so people prefer lesbian. Um, My pronouns are she, hers, they, them. And I'm a chiropractor. And my previous job, I was more so a primary care provider, less of the chiropractor part. Okay. And something about my personal life. I recently got a punching bag. Ooh. That's pretty fun. Absolutely. of that aggression out. (laughs) (laughs) I love Uh, it. It is quite a workout. Uh, Nothing too exciting about my personal life right now.
0: Okay, perfect.
1: Mm -hmm. One of my,
0: my, my high school buddies back in the day, uh, apparently they saw my anger streak in me. (laughs) (laughs) They bought me a punching bag for one of my birthdays (laughs) and I still have it to this day. So if any of them are listening, we, we still have it hanging in my garage. So, Oh, nice. Well, good deal. Well, so for all the listeners out there, why don't you talk about when we connected earlier, we had an amazing conversation around equity and inclusion, and especially with your specialty in chiropractic care, um, you brought up a lot of great points about um, even back to schooling as a chiropractor. Um, So what, what do you, what were some of your experiences there? What do you want to share with us? How can we bring some light to that?
1: You want to go back to the schooling part of it. So I would say about 80%, 85% of my class, gosh, I even want to jump up to 90%, but even will say 85% was white sure. and a small percentage, um, a Latina and per class, they would be very lucky if there was one Black person. Mm. Um, there was a handful of Asians. In my class, I believe there were five or six.
0: Out of a class of how big? Um,
1: really? It started out as 125.
0: Okay. Wow. <clears throat> That's a big class.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was just one of those things that when we saw each other, we kind of immediately... Said hi to each other, became friends, were friendly. Mm-hmm. And that was just kind of our, it was just something we had in common because we didn't have to talk about it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So the diversity is just not very, it's not It's not there. That's there what are, it should be. Yeah. Well, you know, and the funny thing is, there are a handful of gay professors there hmm but they're not open about talking about things they don't mm. um like when I was there the LGBTQ group was really small not very active and when I talked to some of the students it was just like myself when I first started it was like I don't really want to show my gayness because what if that deters patients from coming to me what mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. about is when we first graduate is making money
0: yeah of course
1: yeah so when I first started it was kind of like well we don't talk about it very much <sighs> but then when I graduated and when I um, started TAing all these students were standing up and was like no this needs to be we need to talk about this we need to create a community we need to build awareness oh that's good so even just like within that three, four year period, like so much has changed. I was like, wow, that's that's pretty
0: awesome. And so now they have student groups for minority communities, but when you started, they didn't? Um, they
1: did. It just wasn't very active. Oh, okay. Um, and after I, so I started in 2013, I graduated 2016, um, right about two thousand. 17 or 18. Um one student came on board, feminist activist. She's she is, she will speak her opinion. Mm -hmm. She is amazing. And she fought for the students. She fought for all the BIPOC students. And for the first time, I think it was like in 2018. That they acknowledged Martin Luther King Day Mm. and and didn't have school. Wow. So, our school was she BIPOC or was she part of the LGBTQ community? BIPOC. BIPOC. Okay. And um, I think our school was like one of 14 schools who didn't have the day off. Wow. It was like one of 14 of, I I think, I think that was the number. Uh, Don't quote me on it. But yeah. it was some, it was some ridiculous statistic that I was like, wow, of course. <laughs> um, it was, you know, the president of the university is conservative Mormon. Mm. Yeah. Um, and she, you know, she also started a student club for black students, which is huge. And, um, The LGBTQ club, somebody took over after I left, and so when I went in there, I took over the club and I changed it to healthcare providers who are allies, or like, I can't remember, you know, I think I called it Alliance, that's what it was, it was Alliance. Okay. Basically, be an ally to the LGBTQ community and how to provide healthcare for them, how to use the correct pronouns, how to work around people have binders, be mindful kind of thing. And the club ended up having like over a hundred students join.
0: That's awesome. I mean, and you think about all the barriers in, in the LGBTQ community too, you know, especially around gender and pronouns, like you said, you know, it's typically male, female and i have seen a lot of practitioners and i've consulted with a lot of practitioners who are trying to be better about how do i identify gender pronouns when as a medical professional i kind of do need to know what you were born as and what 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 insides you have <laughs> but i want to completely recognize how you identify and that is a very legitimate you know thing you have to know what hormones people are working with what people you know which which side they identify with, but which side they have, you know, naturally. And so I think it's really interesting how uh, the medical professional has, um, not everyone, of course, but there has been a push to know more and understand more about that. And how can I ask those questions? So I love that you created that and um, kind of morphed that community into that. That's awesome. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to introduce to all of you Tim Salen, the sponsor of our podcast today. And Tim is with Remax Equity Group, and man, he's different than all the thousands of agents you probably already know. When you're looking to buy or sell a home, and you want somebody who cares, you want somebody who is patient, you want somebody who gives great advice, and you want somebody who is going to get you what you need, you need to call Tim
1: is practicing how to use something as simple as, I shouldn't even say simple because I also messed up on it the other day, is just using they, them yeah, as a pronoun. And I know we use it on everyday, everyday basis and we don't realize it, but when you actually use it for an individual, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people have trouble with it. Yeah. So, it's, you know, simple things like for the exercise for the rest of the day, use they, them for everybody. Yeah. Everybody across the board, just use they, them. Um, but again, I still struggle with it once in a while. Yeah. Uh, it's a very specific part of the brain. It kind of,
0: well, and I think it's not as difficult when, you've known the person as they, them, like if you've introduced to them as a, they, as using they, them pronouns. But when, uh, like I had a friend at my other job who used she, her for the longest time, longer, I knew her longer when she was using she, her, and then switched to they, them. And it was so hard to switch at that point because I had been referring to Um, them as her for so long. And so then I, you know, in your brain, I have to switch. But when I've introduced to somebody, I have a much easier time uh, switching that language than if I've known somebody previously as a a different identity. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to ask you, I've heard in uh, in other conversations, and I like to get people's opinion on this, because pronouns is such a struggle for so many people and more grammatically than anything, not just because they're trying to be disrespectful or anything like that. It's just grammatically, and we've all been taught. Um, if you are trying and you, you mess up, what is the best way for, in your opinion, and there, I know you're not speaking for everyone, but to correct that as a person who's you know messed that up or you said use the wrong pronouns?
1: Um, I just quickly apologize. I just quickly switch it back. Uh-huh. So while we're saying, uh, if I accidentally said her car and I catch myself, I'll immediately switch to their car. Yeah. And say, oh, sorry, their car. Um, but what happened with this instance this last weekend was actually their partner, <laughs> we kind of like gone to this, like, what's the plan? What are we doing? Blah, 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 kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm just to clarify, when you clarify things, you emphasize things. Yeah. And their partner was like, no, we're going to do this. Then we're going to take her car and then we're going to come back. And then I was like, okay, I just want to make it clear. We're taking her car. And then they actually jumped in and corrected us and said their car. Oh,
0: and it was both of you.
1: (laughs) And so both of us, yeah. And, and this just shows like you could be partners for a very long time, but sometimes it really just slips. Yeah. Uh, And so we're like, oh, their car. Exactly. And that's and what then, I've heard okay, in the past. And then just move on. Like, it's yeah. not, make, it's not a big deal. We know I've been using their the whole time, the whole night during dinner, whatever it was. Uh, yeah, you just move on. Don't over-apologize. Yeah. That's what I tell people. I'm
0: like, make a, make a, make a point to correct it, but don't dwell on it. Cause I think that's what people do with disability community. Everyone, you know, people will say, Emily, do you see that? And they think it's super offensive. And they're like, oh my gosh, oh my God. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, oh, and they get all <laughs> weird. And I'm like, What are the fine. toys that are coming out of your mouth? I know. And they don't even know what's happening. And I'm like, it's fine, move on. I totally understand. And I say, I saw this when I really didn't see it or I heard it or whatever. But people get so stuck on that, oh my God, I screwed up. When all you got to do is say sorry you know, correct it and move on through the conversation. And I think that shows the respect that you're trying and you're becoming more aware and you're doing your best, but you're not going to be perfect all the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're human. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Um, So on that same topic, you had a really bad experience in your past job and I would love to hear more because I know pronouns was one of those issues at your yeah. past job. And I, I would love to hear more as much as you're comfortable sharing with everyone um, and telling us why this was so difficult.
1: Um, so I worked in a clinic that's located inside a truck stop. That's so the first no.
0: part that I found amazing. I didn't know they had clinics
1: there. Yeah. Uh, I didn't either, but did you know that all truck drivers have to do random drug tests? Ah, I didn't think about that part. Okay. And then, yep. And uh, some of them require like a hair test or like a saliva test or it's pretty serious. Huh. Um, I had okay. no clue. I had no clue. So yeah. it, that place started out, I believe, as a drug collection site. Um, and so I think they added on the physicals. So each truck driver also needs to get medically cleared to drive a semi-truck or anything over anything over 10,000 pounds, but you need a CDL for anything over 26,000 pounds. Okay. Um, So I was the doctor there doing the physicals. Um, When I first started there, there was, um, and now mind you, these are truck drivers who come from all over the place. Yeah alabama florida missouri minnesota all over the place <clears throat> um and some would come in and they would just see me walk through the front desk or the front window and so they would use the he pronoun okay and even if the front desk guy corrected them they would just kind of huff and puff like oh whatever mm, kind of like and then they would just um they, they just blow it off like oh sorry and switch to ma'am or whatever it is um when they try to get my attention they say hey sir hey sir and I turn around I was like you could you know so it's nice and neutral for them um and it is I guess sometimes it's my fault because I don't clarify that I'm a she but of the time when I speak, my voice kind of tells them that. Yeah. Uh, And when they see on the paper, along with Carrie. Yeah.
0: So
1: it is my fault for sometimes not not clarifying so that when they leave the office, they still say, sir. But most of the time, it's the huff and puff, like, oh, uh, uh, whatever. (laughs) And then they kind of walk away. Yeah. Yeah.
0: This is Emily, and I wanted to take a moment to talk about insurance. How many of you out there do not like dealing with insurance? I was one of those, and when I met Shelly Montefice from Country Financial, that all changed. I didn't understand insurance, I didn't understand what I needed, what I wanted, and why it was so expensive. Well, Shelly took the time. I am working with her on my business insurance for both Rapid and Prairie Consultants and she helps me make sense of it. She helps me understand what I'm getting, why I'm getting it, and how to make it more important. So if you have always thought that insurance is a racket, you need to reach out to Shelly Montevice at Country Financial, and you can find her contact information in the show notes below.
1: I've had guys who come it's the <sighs> masculine toxicity is real it is so mm. real in in the trucking industry is um, multiply that by 10 or 20 or 30 mm. well
0: and for those people listening just the constant pronoun check constant you know saying the wrong gender pronoun, whatever the case may be is a constant microaggression. So though it may seem to maybe you and I if you're, you know, binary, you 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 identify with the gender that you or look like externally, you know, it's it may not seem like a big deal. And that's the thing about microaggressions is that one instance may not be a big deal. It might just be like okay, whatever, annoying. But when it's multiple time after time after time and after you correct people and they still are calling you the the wrong gender or the wrong pronoun, it's just, it wears on you. And so to those of us who don't necessarily understand that microaggression, it's, it's similar to if somebody was to call me a man every time they saw me and I identify as a female and I look like a female and I prefer to be called a female, But if every time they said man or dude, or Hey, sir, you would be like, what is going on? I've already said I'm a woman and it it would get frustrating. And so I think a lot of us don't understand that piece of how, how much it can wear on you. And so I want to make sure people understand that that microaggression may seem like nothing to folks, but, um, it, it definitely is a a big deal.
1: Yeah, that definitely builds up. And then Mm -hmm. for me, um, all the microaggression towards the pronouns, the microaggression towards being a female doctor or being Chinese, for being gay, and not just gay, but visibly masculine of center, very masculine clothes and hair, um, very visibly gay. (laughs) (laughs) The Microaggression too is when they walk in and sometimes you can just tell that they are like let's get this over with don't talk to me yeah i need your signature that's what it is Ugh. it takes uh, the
0: humanity completely out of who you are like yeah you're no longer a human you're some awkward weird some people say all sorts of things it's just like there's just not a human behind what they see
1: yeah Ugh. um and i I tried really hard to still be very friendly to them. Mm -hmm. But at some point I literally just kind of turned into a robot. Like I was, I was talked to about my tone with the drivers. (laughs) Mm. Um, Yeah. My boss actually was like, well, you could be a little friendlier to them. um, And be more, you know, customer service kind of thing. And I was like, well, I can either save my sanity and turn into a robot and shut off all my emotions. Um, or I could try to be friendly with them. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what would happen actually. Um
0: I think we do because we do it a lot.
1: Right, right. <laughs> I mean, I guess if I had not, you know, put my guard up, I wouldn't have. I probably would have left the job a lot sooner yeah I would have just said bye to her that day probably but um yeah it was also um besides the pronoun thing was being a woman mm-hmm. so this whole masculine thing with them is so one of the things we check is blood pressure to make sure their medication, they're managing their medication and that it's working. So they Mm -hmm. have to stay within a certain range. And if I take their blood pressure and it's really, really high, they always tell me, I shouldn't say they always, um, I've had several of them tell me that I did it wrong. Oh, sweetheart, you did it wrong. Go Mm. ahead and do it again. Um, I've had one guy assume I was the nurse and that they wanted the doctor to come in to do it. Mm. I was like, actually, I am the doctor. <laughs> we Don't employ any nurses here. The Doctor does all the work. I and laugh because it's just so stereotypical. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, it really is all, all the time. Yeah. but All the darlings and sweetie. Oh, you meant you do it again, do it again. And I know you can tell by the tone, whether the darling and the sweetie is part of their regular, um, vocabulary, you Mm -hmm. know, I know they say it all the time. You can tell by their tone, but the tone they tell me is definitely like, Hmm, you did it wrong. I don't know if you know how to do your job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure I've taken blood pressure at least like 10,000 times in my life. And they would never doubt it
0: if you were a a man or, you know, white or all these other things.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. And the other doctor is a white male and has gray hair. So he looks a little older, like, I think the age thing too. Um, I do look like I'm, you know, in my early thirties, um, So I think one time I did, I did have Justin come in. I was like, come in and do the blood pressure. And then it was high. And of course the truck driver was just like, oh, well, let me sit here a little bit and relax. (laughs) Like it was the same. It was the same reading. Let's Mm -hmm. just prove to you it's the same reading. But uh, yeah, yeah. as I'm talking about this, I'm like, oh my gosh, the frustration the frustration
0: absolutely absolutely just, you
1: know. um and, and it then, brings it all back it brings it all
0: back just talking about it thinking about it and oh hearing stories about it it's yeah
1: yeah um and this was pre-pandemic Let, mm-hmm. Oh, and then pandemic started mm. i'm chinese <laughs> oh geez i didn't even think about it oh um yeah and and also you just have no idea how how many people out there don't know how to wash their hands for 20 seconds. Ew. And how many <laughs> people don't don't know how to like make suds? Oh my gosh. Or soap like it it, it amazes me. My mind is blown. And so one of my robotic ways is, is like Blah 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 soap and water. I don't even ask at first. I was like, Can you wash with soap and water? That gives them a chance to say no, which also surprises me for somebody to say no after you just provided a sample, a urine sample, and a cup. Why would you not want to wash your hands? Oh, after you say the bathroom. Oh. Uh, so I stopped asking and I just said, Soap and water is right there. Make sure you wash for a full 20 seconds, uh-huh. like word for word. I did that all day, every day. Yeah, and since I had to sit there and use the dipstick, and I have to wait at least thirty seconds for the thing, I kind of know—I kind of have a gauge of what twenty seconds is. And oh boy, people don't know what twenty seconds are is. Yeah,
0: um, makes me want to set up one of those, you know, like little kid timers next to the sink, and it sings to you until, you, you know? until they're done.
1: You don't stop until the music is. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the thing is, like, if they, like, scrubbed and, like, really washed it, you know, like, got everything and I could tell they were, like, really detailed about it, you know, even so, like, 10 to 15 seconds, great, because I I know that you, like, really washed it. (laughs) Anyway, that's going off topic. So, I would tell a guy, go wash your hands. And he would turn around. And say, oh yeah, I better I better wash that Chinese away. Keep the Chinese <gasps> away. And I just kind of stood there. Oh
0: my! And
1: like, I can't even I can't even imagine what my face looked like because he was facing the wall because he was washing his hands, and I can't even imagine what my face looked like. And all of a sudden, it was like this. Two really long seconds of processing in my head, of. Did that really happen? Do I not look Chinese? Why would somebody say that? Does he not know I'm his doctor? Like all these things that just kind of went through my brain and then ended up with, you need to say something professionally. Like I had Ugh. to tell say something professionally, you're in a business, say it professionally, don't be an asshole. And all I can think of was that comment is not appropriate and i don't appreciate it that's all i said and that he tried to apologize and i literally just turned around and walked away because i didn't want to hear his apology that mm-hmm. was it was uh so those chinese comments happened probably like once a month during the pandemic <sighs> sometimes twice um we also do an eye exam because mm-hmm. you know, we want those truck drivers to be able to see. <laughs> Hopefully,
0: that um, be nice.
1: Yeah, um, and some of them, if, if, I, if they fail it, they also either blame it on me because of the lighting, because of whatever. Um, and one guy actually said, I don't think your chart is correct. Was it made in China? Oh, and I'm like, just because it's made in China, it's not correct. Um, what the? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, what? And it's it's again, it's one of those things that's like, why would you say that to me? Why would you? And again, it's all. It's like, do I not look Chinese? are they not think i mean it just it's mind boggling
0: to me or are the are, are do you look chinese to them and they're intentionally
1: and they're intentionally doing it Ugh. or is it just such a funny thing to them that everything is made in china is of bad quality so my yeah. eye chart that i've been doing the same eye chart to you know 4000 drivers before them has has all been skewed because it's a
0: horrible yeah project. or do they just not think at all and they just think they're
1: hilarious people i mean i mean, I mean the, the made in china joke comes up all the time the eye you know because usually the made in china is in really small font mm-hmm. so when i walk up when we walk up there they'll cover their eye and they'll just immediately say made in china haha my eyes are so good i could see the very smallest font um, oh my
0: gosh I can't with,
1: even <laughs> oh my response is actually you failed because it's made in India <laughs> um and it's true it does say made in India oh
0: my gosh <laughs> but uh, I don't understand how people think it's fun. I, I mean I'm white I've been raised white I have a lot of white privilege I have a lot of ignorant things that I've learned over the years that aren't appropriate but I'm not either witty enough or dumb enough or I don't know what it is to say things like that and think they're funny I don't know and I'm glad I don't uh, have friends
1: like that because I've never heard these things that's good <laughs> I, I don't I don't know maybe maybe because they've done so many eye exams that that yeah that's their go-to joke. I mean, why is it when somebody says something stupid, we immediately go to an excuse? Yeah. You know, like right now I'm like, well, maybe they, this is the joke that they make all the time. Maybe I don't look Asian enough, so it makes it okay for them to say it.
0: Well, I think that's the process.
1: Right? Like excuses.
0: Well, and I think it's also how we cope as minority communities. I mean, I will, it just makes me want to cry just thinking about it, excuse away people's behavior all the time just because I don't want to believe that they're that mean. I don't want to believe that they would intentionally hurt me like that. And so I think it's a way of us coping and trying not to take it personally But it's so jarring when it happens that you just sometimes freeze. Like you said, you sit there and pause and it's like this longest two to five seconds you've ever had in your life. And in that moment, you have to make a choice whether to say something or to not. And it's it's hard. And you don't want to say something every single time and you don't want to have to burst into tears and you don't want to have to feel like you're less than, but in that moment, that's exactly how we feel. Yeah. It, yeah. Ugh. I just oh. recently was talking to my friends on um, our app that, and all five of them are, are all five of us, including me, are um, visually impaired blind, legally blind, however you want to refer to us. And this stuff happens all the time. Um, just the other day, A friend went with another friend to this uh this iron man and this other friend invited her into the vip tent and because this woman had her guide dog with her the the woman guarding the tent or whatever said she couldn't come in and they argued back and forth she's like i'm allowed to be here i have my little bracelet on this is my guide dog she's not a pet she's my guide dog and this woman wouldn't let her in And it just, in that moment, you just, and then you walk off and she burst into tears just as I would, because it's just like, I'm just trying to be here to support a friend who's running the Ironman. And here I am trying to fight for my right for access. And it's just not something you want to do every day. We just want to live our lives just like everyone else.
1: Yeah. And that person also didn't know the rules of a service dog.
0: Yeah. And even though my friend told her specifically, you are not allowed to deny me access she said, Oh, well, we've had problems with dogs in the past. So we've just said, no dogs. Well, this isn't a normal dog. (laughs) So yeah, it's just, but in that moment, God, it makes it, it, when she was telling the story, I, my face gets red and I just want to burst into tears because I've been there so many times and to hear you standing there in the office and talking to this person who in, intentionally or unintentionally su- su- significantly offends you and is in saying inappropriate things and you have to make that choice whether to say something or
1: not yeah Ugh. it's it is it's so and i'm exhausted even just thinking about all the times where i think about should i say something or should i not mm-hmm. you know um i told i told you about <laughs> I told you about the time where a friend of a friend who was a white woman told me to stop complaining about racism. Did I tell you about that? No. Oh, So my friend is half Vietnamese, Mm -hmm. and her dad is Vietnamese and has just cultural things in their house, and there's just certain like um, personalities that kind of go with the culture stuff, right? Mm -hmm. While we're driving, And this person, and I don't want to say names as much as I just want to toss her under the bus. um, She started making comments about our friend's dad. And it was about things that it was culturally inappropriate. Okay. And so I said, well, that's just because he's Asian. I do it at my house too, blah, blah, blah. And so she goes to, but why, why don't you just pull it off? So she goes to white splaining, like, why don't Mm. you simply just do this step one, step two, step three. Mm. Um, And luckily, I I don't even know if it's luckily, um, we were at a Dutch bro's stop uh, drive through so that that interrupted everything and everything stopped. Mm. My moment of, should I say something? Should I not say something? we had another hour and a half drive back to Portland. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> so it's and just it wasn't eating my away. father. It
0: yeah.
1: wasn't my dad. If it was my dad in a heartbeat, I would have done it. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't my dad. And I also just like, I'm so tired because that whole day, that whole day, she was telling me how not racist she was because she has a Black daughter. Mm. Mm-hmm. And and how she's done all this work to open up to like see all the things for her daughter and so this was like five hours of hanging out with her her trying to convince me she's not a racist (laughs) and then she goes and makes a racist comment and I think by then I was just like I'm tired I'm exhausted yeah and so I go we go home I, I didn't speak the rest of the the trip i was like i was silent i was just sat in the back i messaged a couple of my friends but my first my first thought was making excuses for her like why is it okay that she thought she can say that Mm. about some her friend's dad maybe my friend had made a comment which she probably thought it opened it up for her to say it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know she didn't know about the culture that's okay But at the same time, she shouldn't have continued to try to fix it because it's not her place to to white explain it to us. Yeah. Um, And then I was thinking, am I about to start my cycle? Am I hormonal? Am I sensitive? Am I overreacting? Am I responding in a place from just quitting my job or about to quit my job? Um, Just like multiple things. Yeah. Yeah. so when I got home, I, I ended up not saying anything. So when I got home, I ended up processing it with my friend. We talked it out, blah, blah, blah. Fast forward a week. We get in an argument with this person and um, there was some miscommunication. I apologized for my end and everything I did. And she wanted me to apologize for how I reacted in the car. And I so told she her- she
0: knew that you were being quiet.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. she's like, she's like, you made it awkward. That was super awkward for all of us. And that was just wrong. And I said, you know, I'm not going to re- I'm not going to respond for how I reacted to an inappropriate comment that you made. I was even being nice and just an inappropriate comment versus a racist as shit comment. <laughs> um, I was like, I'm not apologizing for it. I get to choose whether I speak up or don't speak up. I get to choose whether I turn this into an edu- uh, a teaching moment or not teaching mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I'm not apologizing for it. If you couldn't handle the silence, that's your fault. Um, or she should have said something.
0: I know you, I, I, I notice you're uncomfortable or I may have said something and, and can we talk about it so
1: we can move well, through it or. I mean, they did ask if I was okay. And I was like, I'm fine. Do you want to but, talk about it no <laughs> but that's different than did she i did say something wrong no she did not acknowledge that she said something yeah. wrong at all no so that part, that,
0: there's a difference there
1: yeah so she had no idea so in yeah. her mind everything was fine everything was fine um but she did have the conversation with our friend so then she did understand later what she did um she apologized for it but within a sentence and a half later, she told me if I was upset about it, that I need to stop complaining about it and just, mm. own up. I just needed to own up that I was upset that night about a racist comment.
0: Yeah. Oh my I was
1: like, I did own up to it. I did process it. You have no idea how many steps it, it takes to process shit like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then when I told her I wouldn't apologize for it, she like lost it, but that's a whole different story. Yeah. But that's the, I don't, I don't think people understand that we get to choose whether we want to talk about it or not.
0: And it's not always easy though. We're pissed off about it. It doesn't mean it's easy to talk about with somebody that doesn't get it. Like my group of friends, I can tell them anything that's happened blind related because they get it, for me to explain it to somebody who who is sighted and ha- doesn't ever experience these things, it's totally different. I have to go into so much more detail. I have to go into so much more of a story. I have to go into so much more explanation as to why I was upset. That it just takes that much more effort. And you don't necessarily want the effort. You want to vent, you want to you know bitch and complain, and you want to move on. But to explain it to somebody who doesn't get it, it's a lot more effort.
1: Right right it's like i'm pissed off this fucked up thing happened versus i'm pissed off this fucked up thing happened here's why blah blah like yeah
0: you gotta go so much more into it yeah
1: yeah
0: okay there's two other things i want to touch on here in the next 10 minutes um and one of them is intersectionality and then the other one is your new project coming up and so you know with your identities you know gay lesbian either way um, being Chinese, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, how do you experience intersectionality? How do people, are you constantly switching between your identities depending on who you're in front of? Like, what does that feel like? And what does that experience
1: for you? Um, actually, that's really interesting. I was part of a somebody's project and that's what I talked about <laughs> There's the intersectionality between being Asian and being gay. Um, ever since, well, so as a as a kid, being Asian was in the forefront of it. Um, before I knew I was gay, okay, because it was like my smaller eyes, my hair, um, even the way we even the way we dressed, you can just tell it was like from overseas. Okay, and we got picked on. Mm. Um, so then when I realized I was gay, since Gosh, when was that? I don't even know when that was. I was like 20, maybe 19. Okay. Um, that's been the main part of my life. Then it was like navigating around how queer I am. Um, people noticing my short hair, the way I dress. I just I don't want to wear female clothes. Um, so that's been things that I've worried about most. Oh, it okay. Is like people accepting me for my gayness. Yeah. I guess, right? Yeah. Um, pandemic started that completely flipped around, and I've never felt so Asian before in my entire life than I do this past year. Oh, so horrible. Um, like I knew I was Chinese. But I had no idea how Chinese I was until, until this last year. Because then everybody kind of, most people just then kind of overlooked the masculine the center part and all they saw was Chinese. Oh my gosh. Um, so everything I do now, um, part of just like being pissed off and fighting through and just imp- like accepting myself is like I'm gonna be extra Asian if I'm gonna wear clothing I'm gonna have something that's like I am Asian American you know I have my friend got me a phenomenally Asian shirt um I have a t-shirt with like the peace sign uh I got a couple shirts with like the Japanese writing and stuff Mm -hmm, on there mm -hmm. it's just like if I'm doing anything now I'm like I'm I'm just gonna Be like, yeah, I'm Asian, all of it.
0: Uh. I mean, it's just a trip to think how, (laughs) I mean, it's not even code switching. It's like uh, owning your identity so that other people don't have to point it out in a sense. (laughs) Like, did you know you're Asian? Yeah, I'm very well aware of it. Thank you for letting me know. That's something I've been all my life. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Like, I mean it's just in uh,
1: yeah. But it's also just like this mind switch. So I've always been really protective. I always look over my shoulder when I'm in public. Mm. Um just being masculine in a center, you just never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um but also like now now that my switches, I'm switching over because I don't want to be attacked because I'm Asian, not because I'm gay now. Yeah. So that's kind of an odd switch for me. Uh, even though everything's exactly the same, I'm still looking over my shoulder. I'm still very being very careful. Um, but there's a lot of racism within the LGBTQA community. Mm. That it's like they're okay that I'm masculine and center, but they're not okay that, if I'm, that I'm Chinese. Jesus. So. So when I have a strut and I'm walking in out in public in a grocery store, <laughs> especially if I'm with somebody, I tend to walk behind them. I've noticed that a lot. I tend to walk behind them. Um with uh like I went bike riding with a friend of mine and I was like go ahead of me because if I'm behind you and I see something happening with you know just observing things, um I can do something about it. I have more control if I'm walking behind somebody.
0: Oh gosh. Yeah. It's that heightened sense of awareness that, you know, you know, when people, especially white people say, you know, white privilege, white privilege. Oh, I don't, all these things. These are things we never think about. (laughs) And that's the piece of white privilege that I think a lot of people don't understand. They think it's this horrible thing when really everyone has privilege. Every single one of us has some kind of privilege and but this is something that white people and straight people never have to think about and to to know that you have that privilege and acknowledge it is huge and to be able to say wow that's something i don't have to worry about on a daily basis and to be an ally and and step up for communities who do have to think about this all the time and live their day-to-day life going to the grocery store in fear um of hateful things happening it's just Ugh, it makes me so angry
1: so yeah. angry but every every community every individual I think needs to learn to recognize their own privilege
0: absolutely
1: like I do have all these identities with me but I'm still working on you know recognizing my privilege and mm-hmm. making myself better that way
0: And I think that's the big thing that I teach in the classes, you know, people, because white privilege has this, you know, big standout thing, especially since, you know, the murder of George Floyd. And it's not just white privilege that we have to recognize. It's all the privileges that everyone has to recognize because we all carry it. And for you to be a better human, no matter what identities you hold, you should be looking at what privileges you're able to offer up to other, other communities.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay, on that note, and turning to a more positive note, I'm really excited about talking about this. So, you recently quit your job that was horrible. Yay.
1: Horrible. Yes. (laughs) It's been three months. It's been over three months. Oh, wow. Oh.
0: And um, you are working on a project with another friend. And I want to make sure and put that out there and and uh, have people, especially in the area, stay tuned for the progress of it. So why don't you tell people about it?
1: Actually, here's the update. Um, so her name is Montserrat Andries. She is starting up a clinic. It's called Hey Doc Clinic. It is going to be staffed by all BIPOC practitioners and support staff. Awesome. And the good news is just a few days ago we got a space <gasps> super exciting so we're going to be located on 12th and stark right across from revolutionary hall okay. um i think there's a bakery right there um sweet peas is that what it is oh should, okay but right on 12th and stark okay right on the corner um there are three practitioners on board okay of course, all BIPOC, actually all identify in, at the, in the queer community also. Oh my gosh. Awesome. Um, and this is, it's, it's moving along. We do have like a GoFundMe, a Venmo and a PayPal to get everything started. Cause we want to okay. be able to start the clinic on day one, fully like ready to go. Okay. Have office supplies and tables and be able to pay our staff and stuff like that. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, I do have updated things. I should post more often, but um, it's dr. Carrie dot h s i a, and you can also follow uh, Hey Doc Clinic for anything that has to do with um, events because I believe we're going to have a grand opening. Yay! Um, This is the kind of space that we are intentionally inviting the BIPOC community to come get their health care. This is their space. This is going to be for them. Uh, It's also going to be a big enough office space to hold events. Um, And Montserrat has a ton of ideas for it. Um, Things from continuing education for students mm. to, um, I believe like seminars for yoga, for, um, a ton of things. I can't even think to off the top of my head. Cause I didn't no. make a So the
0: that. three practitioners, are they all, um, docs? Are they going to be chiropractors? Are they going to have different pro- uh, providers in that building? Are they all going to be, uh, physicians, physician? Uh, yeah
1: um one acupuncturist two chiropractors those are the the three that's on board right now okay um we're looking to bring on a physical therapist mental health uh, naturopath and i believe if we can't find a naturopath possibly a do or an md perfect and um what did i cover yeah and massage okay um so we might have more than one massage person, we might have more than one acupuncturist. So I think it depends on the growth of the space and all that stuff and the hours people work.
0: That is awesome. I'm super stoked about this. So um for all the listeners out there, check out the show notes. I'm gonna have Carrie send me all the info, all the um GoFundMe's, the PayPal, everything. So, if you are out there and want to support a BIPOC run, operated, owned, and queer operated, owned clinic, uh, please uh, check out the show notes and donate. Donate, donate. This is an amazing thing for both communities, uh, something that's so needed. And uh, as I talked about with Dr. Wendy in my, one of my previous episodes, how much lack of education there is for throughout the schooling of folks in the medical community regarding BIPOC, BIPOC skin, BIPOC, you know, diseases, everything else, they don't necessarily focus on any of it in a uh, a lot of schools. And so the lack of education to sort of have a space that especially focuses on BIPOC related disorders, diseases, you know, everything would be phenomenal. So And also
1: just a side note, I've been telling, so recently I've had a lot of white folks ask me what they can do to help. Mm -hmm. And besides like reading up on things, reading up and educating yourself on different things, a perfect way is donate really is donate for, to organizations who know what they're doing, Who is making a difference to the community. Donate to um, Black Lives Matter. Donate to mm-hmm. us because we know what we're doing. Put your money where your mouth is. Put best your money where your mouth is. That's how you can support us best. Awesome.
0: Really. Well, thank you so much, Carrie. This has been amazing. I'm so glad we finally got you on due to my <laughs> scheduling issues.
1: <laughs> um, it still um, worked out perfectly.
0: Yes, this is great. So I will definitely put all send me all that info and I'll make sure and get it out to the listeners. Uh, thank you all for joining me here again today, and I hope you all have a fantastic Wednesday. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining me here today at Human is My Label. Don't forget to subscribe, share this with your friends, families, and coworkers. Get out there, get comfortable with the uncomfortable, include everyone, and push yourself to be better every day. If you're interested in coaching or corporate training or learning more about RAPID, visit us at rapidorgan.org. That's R A P I D o-r-e-g-o-n dot org you can find me at emily.purry on Instagram and all my other social handles are below have a great day and can't wait to see you next week